So, so you like so you like Notre Dame because I'm I'm I don't I'm not going to say I dislike them I'm just sort of like I don't know what to think yet um, and I'm I like their, I like I like up front they're good yeah. on, on both sides but especially on offense I, I thought I mean they made Florida State look like children um, up front and uh and uh I, I think Book is a good quarterback I don't I you know I. I don't. I don't see them losing many games. I, I. I don't know that they're a national championship caliber team. I don't like them to beat Clemson, but I like them. I think to beat everybody else in the league. Welcome to an ACC podcast. I'm Lauren Brownlow, and it's not ACC, but even Nick Saban has COVID. Wow! It just this year just gets wilder and wilder all the time. Um, Dan Mullen gets dunked on by COVID essentially, which I shouldn't say because like his players are the ones that have COVID and not Dan. Um, but when he said he wanted 90,000 fans in the swamp and then literally the next day he has to shut it down because they have too many cases of COVID-19. Somebody else in the state of Florida, which is the worst seg ever. I continue to be very good at this. <laughs> Corey Clark. Hi, Corey. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you, Lauren. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, kind of my worst. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh that was definitely karma slapping Mullen upside the head with that yeah, ridiculous I, comment he made. I just I, I hesitate to say that because again, like the players are the ones that have it, and we know. It, thankfully, it's it's seemingly very rare. I don't know anybody around here that has come down with it, but you know we've seen that some players have come had myocarditis after and stuff like that. So I don't. This is not me. I, I don't want to do that because it's the players that are ultimately suffering. But it was a little bit like. You just can't do that with COVID. Like it's almost like COVID knows. It's the weirdest mm-hmm. thing. It it really is. Like you're just like, wow, every time you caught COVID openly, it just it'll find a way, man. It yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Just don't taunt it. Like think what you want to think, but just don't taunt it publicly because it hurt. And I the biggest problem I had with it was like he was blaming the fans for he was just being like petulant. Like we lost because of the crowd noise. They actually had a crowd. That's not fair. Wah wah. We want ninety thousand in the swamp. And then his administrators are like, wait, what did he say? What? And then, uh, and then, yeah. And then two days later, they have to cancel a game because his team has 20 positive te- positive tests. But what can he do? Which, by the way, to put that in perspective, we don't know how many Virginia Tech players tested positive, but they were missing, I think, 30 or close to 30 players with contact tracing. So, like, that's that's they probably didn't have that many. They were so against North Carolina. They were missing. Set, they were missing thirty players. That would no against NC State in their opening. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, oh, by the way, Corey uh, covers Florida State for War Chant. I continue to be on fire this morning for not accurately identifying my guests, and I have him on because to me that's probably the game of uh, the game of the week. And I don't think that that means it's a bad week that uh, that might indicate because we'll we'll get to Florida State later. But yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Florida State has been having fans in the stands, right? But just not to capacity. Yeah, it was. By the way, I, I thought we were going to talk basketball. I'm kind of now oh, disappointed. Oh. We have to talk about Florida State football. I, I almost Florida not want to do State the show anymore. I know Florida State is a basketball school now, as we all know. Uh, no, they had they both. What have they had? Two home games, and it's about uh, look the the Jacksonville State game. They they would have had 
they would have been socially distanced whether COVID was around or not. Uh, there was going to be <laughs> nobody at that game. And then uh, the Georgia Tech game, I think it was about ten or 11,000. I think that's what they announced it as. Yeah, so they the, it's very limited. I think we have it, it, we being the people in Tallahassee, have it at about 15% of what uh, the stadium normally holds. And that's going to, I guess that'll stay that way. Yes, they had to come out and clarify that after Mullen made his statements on Saturday, because then, of course, Florida State fans were like, hey, well, we got a kind of big game this weekend. Why don't we pack Doke? Not that they would have anyway, but you they would have had more than 12,000. And the, the Florida State came out Monday morning. It was like, uh, no, we're still going to adhere to the CDC guidelines. So, yeah, I think I think 15 to 20 percent. I can't remember the exact percentage, but yes, it's very, very sparse. OK, yeah, I, I- yeah, their crowd was, I mean, to be fair, like when I first saw their crowd in week one, I'm like, oh, I'm getting a little anxiety looking at this. But then I saw the SEC crowds later and I was like, never mind. Well, the problem was it was such an embarrassment because ESPN's putting up the graphic of what the uh, guidelines are. Like everybody has to be masked. Everybody has to be socially distanced. And they're showing the crowd and nobody in the crowd shot is masked. And nobody is socially distanced. So people are like, wait, what? What are these rules even in place for? But uh, they got it. They had it a little better for the for the Jacksonville State game. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was. That's good to hear, though. And I'm glad that they're keeping it um, the the capacity down. Um, God, they're so political sticking to CDC guidelines. Get out of here. Okay. (laughs) This madness we live in. Um, All right. We can get to actual football, I guess. Um, oh God, is this actual football though? TBD Clemson at Georgia tech. Oh honey. Oh no. <sighs> Man, I, I, I don't know why, but I, I, I did think there was a chance that Miami was going to keep that close. Like I, I thought their defense would play. Okay. I didn't think Clemson played all that well against Virginia. I mean, we're, we're grading on a curve with that team, obviously, but I didn't think they played yeah. all that well. Um, I thought Derek King would would be able to uh, give Clemson some look, give give Clemson some fits because he's I mean, he gives everybody fits. He's never been a quarterback in a game where he didn't give the other defense fits. And then Venables is awesome. Their players just keep getting better and better. Um, it really is now. To me, it reminds me of Florida State, just straight Florida State in the 90s. Like it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who leaves, um, who leaves early. Um, Venables is Mickey Andrews, and that defense is going to be sensational. And then they're always going to have stars on offense. And it's just, it keeps recycling itself. Uh, yeah, Georgia Tech has, what's the spread? Do you know the spread in that game? Uh, let's see. I'm going to get, can I guess? Yeah, guess. I'm going to say 33. You are, no, it is 27. Oh, folks. Yeah, I just gave you the. I gave you. I gave you free money right there. Right, I know. I was like, that seems low. I don't know. That that I would take that. That's that's kind of nuts. Yeah, um, but hey, yeah, Clemson looks good, and that was a good win for Georgia Tech, I guess, when they beat uh, Louisville that Friday night. Oh God, yeah, we'll get to Louisville later, but yeah, see, the thing the thing is though, and we've seen this, we we saw this with Clemson, and we've seen it with everybody else, right? Like. Or with Clemson. We saw this with Miami more so is what I'm trying to say. If you make mistakes, you're not going to beat Clemson. Like you cannot do anything to put yourself in a position to sabotage a drive with penalties. And we saw that we saw Miami do plenty of that on like offense and defense. So, you know, you, you can't make mistakes. You can't turn it over. Georgia Tech 
um, as plucky as they can be, makes too many mistakes. Yeah, I mean, so. look, uh, it's just not a good matchup for Sims. Um, he he against Florida State. Florida State, I think, made him look better than he than he is. Uh, they just gave him way too many easy passes, and he still almost lost them the game with two critical interceptions. And he threw another one that should have been a pick six. And the linebacker for Florida State just dropped it because it's Florida State football right now. That happens, but. Um, you know, I, th- that's just a really, really bad matchup for a kid making what his fourth start, fifth start, whatever it is yeah, that that's yeah. going to he's and he's played. Who's he played? Florida State, Central Florida, Syracuse and Louisville. None of those four games get him prepared at all for what he's no. about to see. No, it's, it's going to be a different sport than what he's used to seeing. So he's he was. Can you clarify the Florida State connection there? I know that's what we I've started to hear is there's two ACC starting quarterbacks that oh. were. At- <laughs> no, he was committed to Florida State. He was committed to Willie Taggart for about I want to say nine months, uh, just like Sam Howell. Um, and then uh, and then Norvell takes over in December, and then we don't know for sure if Norvell told him, "Man, uh, no thanks, but no thanks. I got some other guys I want to recruit." Or he just lost interest in Florida State once his once the head coach left and right. he reopened his recruitment. But I think it was a little bit of both. I think they weren't overwhelmed by him. They wanted some other guys, uh, mainly the Chubba Purdy out of Arizona, who had been committed to Louisville. And then um, and then I think Jeff Sims was like, OK, well, I don't th- th- these guys don't probably believe in me. They're still recruiting other quarterbacks. Willie Taggart was not. Right. Um, and they ended up signing two actually. So I think that that, uh, made him decommit. And then that's how he ended up at Georgia tech. But yeah, he was, he was the guy he was, I mean, look, Willie Taggart was at Florida state for two years and never signed a quarterback recruit. That was going to be his one. Like he had already gone through two classes without getting a single quarterback recruit. That was finally going to be his one. And then he got fired in November and then Jeff Sims went somewhere else. So Florida state went, what was it? Three full classes without or two full classes without signing a quarterback. That's not good. Wow. No, no. That's why they were left with, you know, God love them, but that's why they were left with James Blackman to start the season. Man, poor James. I really, I was all in on him. I was. Well, no, it, 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 it didn't work out. Jordan Travis is a nice player though, but yeah. Um, so that's yeah. the connection uh, Jeff Sims has to Florida State uh, is that just like Bailey Hawkman, who I know doesn't start at North Carolina State, but he was he was at Florida oh, State. Oh, that's another one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Bailey Hawkman was at Florida State. He came in with Blackman and then I think he transferred his, the beginning of 2018, like right in August, he, he transferred. And then, um, and then yeah, Sam Howell. So All right. I, you know, Florida State still had, you know, they they still have their hands in a lot of other. Maybe their quarterback situation isn't great right now, but they've helped out some other schools. Well, that's they're very generous in that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, by the way, I do have to share this stat. This is amazing. David Hale, who tweets out all the great stats, tweeted this out. There are a lot of really good college running backs who never had twenty five hundred rushing yards in their career. Travis Etienne now has. 2,508 after contact. That's uh, stupid. Yeah, man, he's, uh, y- you know, you watch, you watch, uh, you know, I grew up watching Florida State, obviously, and then I cover Florida State. So I wasn't sure I'd ever see anybody on the caliber of like a Warwick Dunn or a Dalvin Cook. Um, and Dalvin Cook's awesome. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, he's right there. Tra- Travis, he, he's just, he's incredible. He's really good. And I, I could not believe he came back. I just couldn't believe it. 
I mean, I guess I should because heck, half the kids at Clemson that are going to be first rounders decide to come back anyway. Um, but that he's he's sensational. He's he's just an incredible incredible football player. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens Heisman wise with those two because you know I mean obviously they love to give it to quarterbacks, but I mean even Trevor Lawrence is out there talking about you know that he thinks ETN's the best player in college football. So. We'll yeah, see. I can't argue with him. He's pretty good. I, I can't either. And it's, yeah. and it's ridiculous because Trevor's playing really well. By the way, before we move on, I love, I'm sorry. I know Dabo has to say that he didn't like it and, and be mad at Trevor Lawrence. I know that. I loved that unsportsmanlike he got against Miami. I just loved it. Yeah, he's got a little of that. Well, remember the, uh, the video of him playing like intramural basketball? Yeah. And the kid, the kid was like guarding him full court or something. And he just wasn't, and this was a Clemson kid. Like this was a, obviously a Clemson intramural game and Trevor Lawrence just wasn't having it and just basically bum rushed the kid. Uh, he's got a little bit of that in him. Like he's got a little S talker in him. He's a, he's got, which I like in my quarterbacks, man. I, I, yeah. I, I, he's just got everything you'd want. Like as a, as a Falcons fan thinking ahead, Thinking, okay, they're zero and five, and could now they just they have a whole t- positive the COVID thing going on too, so they're suspending things for a while. Their season is already off the rails. I'm like, you know what? If they go zero and sixteen, as much as I've liked Matt Ryan, dude, I, I don't know if I pass on Trevor Lawrence. I just yeah. think that guy has everything it takes to be. He's already an awesome college football player to be an awesome NFL player. Well, as a Panthers fan, let me just tell you that I hate you for that. Thank you. Thank you for being so bad. <laughs> Seriously, I thought we'd be bad enough. Ugh. Oh no, y'all are what are y'all three and two? You're gonna make the playoffs. So no, sure. uh, uh, wild card. Great. I think it'll be between uh, the Falcons and the two New York teams for uh, for Trevor Lawrence's. Uh, I mean, I guess Justin Fields too. We haven't seen him, but I I just think I'd much rather have Trevor Lawrence. Man, he is he is just a tough kid, big kid, obviously a winner. Just everything about him. Like I think he's he's a little co- not a little, probably a lot cocky which is awesome. It's what you want out of your quarterbacks. And he doesn't take anything from anyone. It's just I, it's everything I, you'd want. I know. I loved it. And I'm jealous that you'll get him, but we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. My Panthers. That's the thing, man, about being a fan in this division, right? Like we've had to deal. Will, when will Drew Brees retire? Like th- that guy's been tormenting me for, I feel like half of my adult life. No, I, I'm so tired of him. I never want to see him again. I yeah. hope they, I hope they keep Taysom Hill and he's their next quarterback. <laughs> Him and Jason or uh, Jameis just uh, split reps. It'd be, it'd be wonderful. Yeah. I, I would just, that's what I want for the saints because yeah. I just like them so and much. And I keep hearing like, Oh, Drew Brees is washed. He's awful. He's not any good anymore. I always see Twitter at the beginning of a game talking about how Drew Brees is playing and oh man, he's done put Jameis in. And then I look up and the saints have scored 34 points and he's thrown for 300 yards and three touchdowns. I'm like, what are y'all seeing? What are y'all talking about? He's still good. I know he's older. I know his arm isn't what it was, but he's still the best quarterback in the division. Well, really? Even Tom, Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. There's another guy. Apparently these guys are all going to play until they're 50. So, uh, so maybe the Falcons will have Trevor Lawrence for 25 years. We're totally going to find out later that they use copious, copious amounts of HGH. Not that NFL people will care, but I'm just saying. Oh yeah, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Tom Brady. That would be. I would be surprised okay. if he wasn't. Yeah, that guy like has to have his blood changed out every other year or something. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. There's no way. Like it's absurd. Ugh. So yeah, now we've got Pittsburgh at Miami ACC Network. 
12 o'clock. This is an interesting spot for Miami. Could be a potential letdown type of spot. Pittsburgh, as we know, um, they are the ruiners of the league. Like, that's what they do. They will ruin the season of a team that is having a good season. They've done it to Miami before. Well, yeah, but I thought this year they've ruined their own season. Like, they've, like, oh, they they, do both. Yeah, but I I, I was really excited, not excited. That's way too strong a word for. Pit football, but I was I was interested and intrigued by what they were going to look like because um, that kid at quarterback has been there a while. I know he's not great, but he's been there a while, and I knew their defense was going to be good. And they just keep finding ways to lose by a point. And it's like yeah, man, I, eventually you'd hope they'd turn that around and start winning some games. But yeah, that's a, I, I am I am actually very intrigued by that by that matchup. That's a really good front. Um, and uh, you know Miami again. How do they? How do you bounce back from that? Because they were embarrassed. Um, I yeah. know it's Clemson and Clemson does that to everyone, but I think Miami went up there genuinely feeling like they were going to give them a game and it wasn't even as close as the score let on and the score was a blowout. I mean, it was a complete thumping where if Dabo doesn't make that crazy decision before the half, I don't know if you know, Miami would have scored what one touchdown. Maybe I, yeah. you know, they just, they were yeah. completely overwhelmed and I think that was a smack back to reality. Uh, Florida State was not reality. What they did to Florida State was not who Miami is. And then Clemson showed them that. And now uh, now they have to play another good defense and a, and a competent team. And it's not going to be easy because they're going to be... That's the thing about Miami recently. Like I, I will be genuinely interested in how they handle getting thumped like that. If they rebound or if they like just kind of roll into a fetal position again. Me too. Me too. Especially considering just like you said, yeah, they're to their history with Pitt. Like it, it, it hasn't been the best one and we don't know how they'll respond mentally to this. And yeah, I'll be really curious to see as well. I still like Miami. I wasn't like national championship high yeah. on Miami, obviously, but there's only like three teams that I think that's possible for anyway. But I, la- I mean, having a quarterback that can make a difference is a big deal for them. Um, so we'll see. And Pitt cannot run the ball. They just cannot run it at all. So that that's going to matter. But Kenny Pickett is plucky and can make some plays. I do like him for that. You know, it's interesting. His stats don't jump out at you. But when you watch him play, like I watched that whole state game, obviously. And um, he's, he's just a he's just kind of a, a plucky dude who can get out there and make plays when they really need him. And he tried to win that game all by himself. And he almost he almost did it. So. Yeah, yeah, um, and I haven't watched a lot of them this year. I watched, uh, I watched their first game for sure, and I've, wa- I've watched a little bit here and there. And highlight, I do the highlights on Saturday night after watching Florida State lose. I'll, I'll watch the highlights of the rest of the games around the league. And um, yeah, he's he's got something to him. It's just it never, well, it just does. Usually, typically at the end of games, it doesn't result in wins. Um, I did not realize they weren't running the ball that well. But if you can't run against Miami, I think if you're one dimensional. Yeah. And you're not a, a super super mobile quarterback, perhaps. Um, I, I I do think those defensive linemen are good, um, especially the ends, and that could be, that could be trouble for them. And we talked, you know, I was talking about Miami being able to bounce back, but you know, Pitt, you know, at some point, you you might get so fed up with these close losses that you just like, all right, well, how about we just lose by twenty then? Like, you know, that, that can be a, like, you know, you get so it's like, all right, we're playing well, we're right in the games and we keep losing these games. So let's see how they rebound, um, rebound too. It's a, it's kind of a rebound for for both games and, uh, for both teams. I mean, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I I would think the race there is to, I don't know, 25 or so. And you're right about Derek King. I think, uh, he was awful in that game against Clemson, but uh, you know, his receivers don't help him out 
but he's a guy that uh, I think that gives Miami some some I don't know for juice. Like they yeah. they always have him. They it's not Nikosi Perry or it's not a guy. It's it's uh, you just go down the list of all the bad Miami quarterbacks we've seen since Ken Dorsey left. Essentially, um, he's a guy that I think they do still tr- really really believe in, and he's a guy that even if the the rest of the players aren't playing all that well, he can make plays on his own, and he gives them enough. Uh, he's a, he's dynamic enough that you. I, I feel like he's he's going to score some points on anyone other than Clemson. Yeah, no, I agree. So we'll see. It'll be interesting because it's a big psychological challenge for for both of those teams. And speaking of psychological challenges, oh boy, Liberty at Syracuse. <laughs> to oh. to re- to refresh everyone's memories, um, Liberty head coach Hugh Freeze, not long before the season began, came out and said they were doing a great job with COVID, and then said that they were only testing players that showed symptoms. And a lot of ACC schools didn't love that, um, especially because they're playing three ACC schools, which I think is ridiculous and embarrassing, but that's a whole other thing. And Syracuse players, I know, sat out some practices as a result of of that, in part. There were other issues, but they were not happy about playing Liberty, for one. Um, I did a little digging this week, and I'm sure I'll continue to do that. From what I understand, Liberty is, when they play ACC schools at least, going to adhere to the more rigorous testing policy of, I think, three a week and then on game day, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's the minimum, right? Yeah, but it, who's who's making sure they're doing that? So I looked into this, too. Oh, okay, um, all right, okay. <laughs> and apparently they're going to have the tests handled by the, uh, the ACC's lab. So... There's that. Oh, all right. Okay. All it's right. a little. It's a little more reassuring than I thought. Um, I I hate that Syracuse that they have to be the test case here, um, right. <laughs> especially coming at one and three and just losing the most absurd football game stat wise I think I've ever seen um, to Duke to a bad yeah. Duke. You know, yeah. I mean. I don't know. I, you know, if I'm honestly like, I, I won't lie. If I'm a Syracuse player, I am kind of like, why are we still doing this? <laughs> yeah. When you see that Duke stat line and then you got Liberty coming in and all that entails um, from what, you know, obviously what you were just mentioning. Yeah. You wonder where their, where their mindset is. Um, and how is Liberty any good? They're four now. Yeah, that's what I thought. But uh, it, it, that's so that's not an easy game. Like, it's not an easy game for there aren't really a ton of easy games in this environment anyway in this season. But uh, especially when you're Syracuse and you just looked like the way you looked, and then you got this upstart plucky school coming in. Yeah, uh, that's that's a real danger zone there, man. They could they could certainly lose that game. And, and moreover, yeah, you wonder how much they're going to trust uh this the the kids that they're playing like you know and and uh i guess we'll see uh how many how many liberty guys show up and how many syracuse guys show up which i guess you could say that for every single college football game this weekend yeah that's probably true just so you guys know in case you did not see the duke syracuse stats duke had 36 first downs to 11 for syracuse they had 645 yards to 286 for syracuse and this game was like six points late. 
<laughs> which is crazy. But like what it, what also is crazy to me is that it's not like Miami, like Miami and Clemson had a similar stat line. Like I think Clem- right. or Miami had nine first downs and Clemson had whatever they had a hundred, but that's Clemson. Like Syracuse and Duke are, are I, I thought pretty evenly darn matched football teams. And yeah. I mean, the score, pre- <laughs> I guess the score played that out, but like, I wouldn't have thought Duke would do that to anyone. Yeah, I was going to say lost in me, like continuing because I had three games on at the same time at that point. And I'm like, I have Dukes on the smaller screen. No offense to the Blue Devils, but like I did. And I kept looking at the stats and then I would look at the game and I was like, what is going on now? Duke turned it over five times. So that will do it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like that's still and, and lost in like the fact that it was still a close game was like, like you said, like how is Duke doing that to anybody? I mean, the Syracuse front, I know, I know their defense is missing some guys. We saw Andre Cisco went pro, um, but that defensive front and that defense after what we saw in week one against North Carolina and, and really the first couple of weeks, it's just kind of falling off. Yeah. They looked good against Georgia tech. Again, it was a freshman quarterback. They kept throwing the ball to him, but I thought Syracuse looked pretty feisty in that game too. Um, and then, yeah, to look like that is, is uh, I wonder if a team, would the last team to turn it over five times and win? I would guess Clemson if I had to guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, but that is a, that's a that's a rarity. Uh, I'm I I oh man, I want to look it up because I'm sure Duke's done it because Duke's been real turnovery in recent years, um, more so this year, obviously the most. But right, um, but like still, that's it, that game was just so stupid, and and I love. One thing I do love about the divisionless football is how I can finally prove to everybody um, that everyone except for Clemson is the coastal. And I love how the Atlantic division is getting involved in these totally absurd games that play out just like coastal division games would. It's Absolutely. Except, uh, well, I guess Notre Dame doesn't count because they're not a, they're not a, they're, they're a one year member essentially, but that team's pretty good. But other than that, yeah, it's, it's Clemson and a bunch of, uh, you know, the, the dwarves and they're getting, I'm not saying I shouldn't say dwarves. They're getting bigger. Uh, they're, they're getting better. I think, I do think it's a better league than it was last year. Um, I think North, I think North Carolina is a good team, but it's more about the separation between Clemson and everyone else. Um, it, that, that doesn't seem to be, that gap doesn't seem to be narrowing, but the other programs around the league do seem to, again, another way it reminds me of Florida state in the nineties. Florida State was still crushing folks in 99 and 98 and 2000 after they joined the league in uh, 92. But the re- the league was improving. It was getting better. It, they just weren't getting that much closer to Florida State. So, um, you know, I, I feel like the league is is a lot better. It is. I think every, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And now I'm, it's escaping me with, with whom I was talking about it to. But I think a lot of often a lot of teams are kind of have made good hires and are coming into this century, you know, it, it yeah. might, it boggles our minds that Boston college wants to run it, but at the same time, or doesn't want to run it anymore, but at the same time, and God, I wish I could remember who said this to me. And now I can't for some reason. Oh, it was West Durham actually on a 99.9. Um, when I was co-hosting that show, uh, the OG on 99.9, he West Durham from the AC network. He said, Boston college is, you know, they're modernizing and, and it's more appealing to, you know, New England recruits to play in a system that's more NFL friendly as opposed to some old school run the football, you know, mentality. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And uh, I, I could not believe their uh, their stat line when they played Carolina. 
when I saw the because I was at I was at a game, so I wasn't able to watch that game, and I saw the the score. I'm like, oh, Boston College must have just run it down their throat. Like they must add forty minutes of time of possession and just you know rode that big hoss at running back and and ground out two hundred eighty yards rushing or three hundred yards rushing, and then I say, oh no, they they threw it sixty times. Like Doug Flutie didn't throw it sixty times in a game up there. Uh, that's that was uh, that was really really surprising. Yeah, and and Phil Dracovic is fun. I enjoy him. Um, he's he's fun to watch. Um, God, they don't even. Oh, they do play this week. That's right. We'll get to that one later. But two thirty, no, Louisville at Notre Dame. Poor Louisville man. But you can't lose to Georgia Tech if, and and have us look at you as you know. And I like Scott Satterfield. I'm not blaming him necessarily, but you can't lose that game. Well, you can't lose it the way they lost it, right? Like, you know, it was, they had, they were, it was a comfortable lead and they seemed to be in complete control. And then it just seemed like they, they completely melted down and uh, they let Georgia Tech get momentum. I know David Hale doesn't believe in momentum. I, I, I happen to believe in momentum. And I think once Georgia Tech uh, started playing well, I I felt like Louisville kind of, uh, you know, kind of shrunk a little bit in the moment. And uh, that was that was a little disappointing to see, I guess, if you're a Louisville fan or not, I guess. And I wonder what um, do you have a pulse of what the Louisville fan base is, is thinking about him right now? I know I do a podcast, uh, Wake Up War Chant with, with a, obviously a guy that works at War Chant with me. And he's all he was all in on Satterfield. Like, man, he I love that guy. He knows what I he's thought, doing. I thought UNC should have hired him instead of Matt. Yeah. Um, and, and he, and, the, and Aslan was talking about like, yeah, Florida state might've should have gone after him instead of Norvell or definitely him instead of Taggart. And, um, and he was all aboard the train. Like, I love that guy. That guy's got what it takes. He's going to turn them around. And then here we are. And they are looking like that. I know it's still early in his second year, but that was, that I, I just, do you have a pulse of the Louisville fan base of what they think yeah. about him? I think they still really like him because of what he was able to do last year. Um, right. And it was a very impressive turnaround. Yeah. Um, I think they also understand that this is a team that with the front half of its schedule, obviously minus Georgia Tech, was going to maybe look a little rough um, and with the back half has the potential to look a little bit better. And so I think they're kind of TBV based on how they look against that back half. But we shall see. You know, yeah. I mean, the defense is not good. The defense is almost as bad as Florida State's defense. Uh, that, it, it appears, and not the surprise because they were bad last year. But they, I thought that they would improve more, and they just have not. No, and that was, I mean, it was a good win for Georgia Tech. It was a nice comeback. It was a good moment for uh, Sims and that offense and everything. But yeah, I just thought Louisville kind of, well, not kind of, they blew that game. Um, and I don't know. I can't figure out the quarterback if I like him or not. I think. Um, what's their running back's name? I'm having a brain cramp. Adrian Hawkins. He is unbelievable. He's awesome. Like yeah. other than the two kids at Clemson, he might be my favorite ACC skill player. Like he's in, he's he might be the best other than those two guys. He's really really good. And Atwell is is sensational. Yeah, I can't figure out what I feel about the quarterback though. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's. That's kind of the, and it was, a t- I guess this is a tough spot for Malik because he's coming back after, um, I think the last game he played in was the pit game where he got carted off. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. But so we will, I'm on a wheel. We'll see with Louisville, but certainly not this week. Um, no, they're going to lose that game. Um, Notre Dame's impressive. Uh, I thought, you know, not that we're talking about Florida state right now. I thought Florida state, uh, the one thing they, they did give Notre Dame fits with is, you know, Florida state now for the first time since, I don't know, ponder, has a mobile quarterback that will run 
And that did give Notre Dame uh, some fits. Uh, Jordan Travis, ironically, who started at Louisville and then transferred to Florida State, uh, he might be the quarterback. He probably would be the starter right now if he had stayed, maybe. But um, he really, I mean, he had 200 yards throwing and 100 yards rushing. Now, Notre Dame had not played in three weeks. And I know 10 days before that game, they had like 36 players out because of because of COVID. So right. there was some rust going on there. But uh, he was able to get to the edge. Uh, they it did they did they were able to run the ball against Notre Dame. You know they couldn't they had to get fancy to do it, but they did, and that opened up some things in the passing game. So I think Louisville will be able to move the ball because I think Louisville's um, they're running obviously their running back is better than anything Florida State has, um, and I like some of those Florida State guys, but that guy's a next level. And uh, you know if 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 Malik can run the ball, like he's got to be a runner, like that's got to be a, a real threat. Otherwise, I don't think they have a any prayer. So, so you like so you like Notre Dame because I'm I'm I don't I'm not going to say I dislike them I'm just sort of like I don't know what to think yet um, and I'm somewhat I like, their, I like I like up front they're good yeah. on, on both sides but especially on offense I, I thought I mean they made Florida State look like children um, up front and uh and uh I, I think Book is a good quarterback I don't I you know I I don't yeah, I don't I, see them losing many games I, I I don't know that they're a national championship caliber team I don't like them to beat Clemson but I like them, I think, to beat everybody else in the league. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, because I, I, I'm, I, it's well in the future, but I, I'll be curious um, to see how they stack up like against North Carolina. I don't know that there's all, anybody else on their schedule necessarily that's going to threaten them all that much. But, um, you know, I, I'm jaded by the fact that they like struggled with a Duke team that took like four weeks, to, five weeks to win a football game. Um, yeah, and that, that was a weird game, too. Like that was a game yeah. in the fourth quarter. Yes, it was absolutely a game in the fourth quarter. So like that has, I'll be honest, that it's kind of like jaded my opinion of Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's been one of those teams that when I fill out my poll every week, I'm kind of like, I guess I have to put you there, but I don't love it. Yeah, and um, then they they uh, beat the bejesus out of South Florida. And then the Florida State game, they had, you know, they had 35 points at half, which again, yeah. that's, that has a lot to do with the team, the defense they were playing. But uh, they did, yeah, they gave up, they gave up 20, they gave up four touchdowns and they really, should have given up five Florida state threw an interception in, the, in the, like the final five minutes when they had driv- driven down, driven down there again. So I'm not sure what I think about their defense. I think they have some really nice players, but I also, it's so hard to judge because you play, you play in a season opening game where those are always right. unique. They play really well the next week and then, Oh, here's three weeks off. Yeah, that's a lot. And North Carolina was the same way when they had three weeks off, it was just kind of, it's disjointed and you get out of rhythm. And so I, but, I think, yeah, Pitt, for me is the first time that I want to see how they play in a game like that, because Pitt at least has the personnel to give them some issues. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Their running back is really good too. I like both of them. They have two really good running backs. Um, and the one good receiver, I didn't, I wasn't really impressed by anything else other than the, 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 the one receiver that had over a hundred yards against them was good. But, uh, but yeah, that offensive line book is like, books never going to make a ton of mistakes. And I yeah. just think I, it's so hard to judge too, right? Lord, just all these teams, because the defense is, other than like Clemson and Georgia, nobody's really playing defense around the country. So it's really hard to judge how bad Notre Dame is defensively because it would appear that almost everybody is bad defensively. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's, but they're probably going to beat Louisville. Probably so. Yeah. Probably. That's, that would be my, that would be my guess. Probably by a lot. What's the spread there? I'm going to say 26 on that one. 17. What? Yeah, I mean, I'm way off. I don't know what I'm doing. I, that's crazy. <laughs> Never mind. 
I think that's somewhat of a people still think maybe a little more highly of Louisville than they should. All right. We shall see. Ah, three thirty. Game of local interest. Um, and I actually am very intrigued by this game for a number of reasons. Um, and I realize that will sound absurd to many of you, but I don't care. Duke at NC State. Um, one reason is because like they've played twice since 2009, which is silly. Is that really? Is that true? Yes. They've played <laughs> twice in 11 years. Yeah, it's absurd. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they're literally about... Mm, I would say twenty mm, some minutes from each other. Yeah, I guess yeah. they can scrimmage in the middle of the week whenever they want. <laughs> they, I think they talked about adding it as a non-conference game, but there wasn't a whole lot of mutual interest there. Like in the right. same way Carolina and Wake Forest have done. But yeah, and by the way, not only have they only played twice since two thousand nine, but uh, Duke won. Duke's won two in a row or three in a row. I, no, they've won two in a row. Yeah, they've won two in a row. Dating all the way back to 2009. Yeah, Thad Lewis. All right, they own them. Thad Lewis went in there and Yeah, he beat him. Russell Wilson. Wouldn't yeah. Russell Wilson? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Russell had like 159 yards passing or something. The last bad game Russell Wilson had. False, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that state team was not... That state team was like five and six, I think. He did end his career beating North Carolina in his last Oh, no, game. I remember. Uh, that. I saw that... That that team came down to Florida State and lost to Ponder. It was Russell Wilson versus Ponder, and the score was, I think, the final was forty-five to forty-two. Yes, like it, it was just it was whoever had the ball last. Yeah, that was a weird year for for State for sure because yeah, but Dad Lewis went in there, David Cutcliffe, I think, second or third year, and just scorched them. There you go. Uh, and so yeah, and then and then the other time they played was twenty thirteen in Durham, and it was Dave Doran's first year, and. And Duke won one of the grossest football games I've ever seen. And that's saying a lot. But yeah, it's a, it's a weird game because, you know, you got Duke that just did what it did to Syracuse. Now, Syracuse is bad, but this is something that David Cutcliffe has been saying that they were like kind of on the cusp of doing, you know, putting together a good offensive performance and, and playing pretty well defensively. The defense is good. They have pieces. That's what I'm trying to say. To be better than what they've been, they just have always found a way in all of these games to just continuously make crucial mistakes. Like you can't turn it over seven times in a game like they did at Virginia. That's, that's absurd. Yeah, that is. Uh, but they did, you know, uh, Duke did hold Syracuse in check, right? Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. The most. And uh, yeah, that, that is an interesting game. Cause I think uh, Doran's been there for seven years now. Eight. This is his eighth year. Yeah. His eighth year. Wow. That I guess, I guess that's right. I guess he left before Northern Illinois went to the orange bowl to play Florida state. I, God, I, I crunched the numbers and it, it, well, I crunched the numbers. I looked at Wikipedia. I think that uh, it looks to me, unless I miss something, that behind Dabo, these are the two uh, longest other tenured coaches in the ACC. How about that? There you go. Yeah. And they, this is the first time they played each other or the second. Uh, second, right? Yeah, this is uh, Duke's the first time Dave Doran will play them in Carter Finley. I just can't. Yep. I can't get over that they've only played. This is the first time in seven years they played each other. That's that's remarkable. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like I want to say that I, I really like the. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see how he played this last week, but I really liked what the when they the NC State quarterback. I thought he was. I thought he gave them something the week before. How did he play this last week? He played pretty well for the most part. Devin Leary, he yeah, Leary, um, yeah. He missed he missed about twenty days of camp, which is why you didn't see him until 
the third quarter up at or third or fourth quarter at Virginia Tech, and that got Dave Dorn some criticism because well, oh, why are you not playing him sooner? Blah blah blah. I mean, it, look, if a guy misses twenty days of camp, I'm going to leave that to the discretion of a coach about whether he should play him or not. And Bailey Hockman had won them the previous week's game. So I'm sure Dave was like, let me hold out Devin as long as I can. But there was this talk of like, oh, he's going to do the quarterback carousel again. He's not. Devin Leary is their guy. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, and and I, I was I was struggling with the name because I wanted to call him Dennis Leary. And I knew that wasn't correct. Um, so, oh, no. so yeah, Devin Leary. But yeah, I think he gives them uh, the, just the way it was, when I saw him play. I'm like, OK, he, he seems comfortable back there. Like he's got a little what I was talking about with Trevor Lawrence. He's not Trevor Lawrence by any stretch. Well, but he's, got, though, yeah. he's got a little what for to him. Like he's got a little cockiness and confidence to him. And I, I just think that's so important at that position. And it affects everything. It just affects everything when you, and trust me, somebody that's covered Florida state here for, well, for a long time, but these three years specifically, when you have a quarterback that isn't any good, that doesn't have any confidence, that has bad body language, it affects everything. And when you have a quarterback that the team believes in, that believes in himself, I know that sounds rah, rah, like varsity blues nonsense, but no, it's, it's the truth. By the way, that's why, and I've been, you, everybody who listens to this podcast knows I've been on this for a long time, but that's why North Carolina was not as good with Mitch Trubisky as quarterback as they were with Marquise Williams, because Marquise was that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's not to say that they didn't believe in Mitch's talent. There is that kind of extra factor that somebody has inside him um, that, that can really rally a team. Do you get the sense that Leary is that kid, that he can be that kid yeah. for them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't know how elite he's going to be in the pantheon of NC State quarterbacks, of course. But like, I think that he's going to make a difference between what they were last year and what they are this year, because it, they have a lot of things that are going more in their favor this year, including a healthy offensive line and a good one at that. Um, but quarterback play makes a big difference and, and he's playing really well. And um, they can do, you know, and that's the thing. That's what's interesting to me. They're coming off of, you know, they've won two in a row now. They got a lot of top 25 votes. Um, and they're in a spot where they play uh, North Carolina next week. Um, mm, yeah. And, but this is the type of game where, you know, and Dave Doran's talked about it. He's like, look, it helps that we already got humiliated because there's something he's like, we didn't want to, but like, I, I can at least easily point to that and be like, there's no reason for y'all to get too high and mighty at this point, because, you know, it can just as easily come crashing down. And, and, you know, I, I and I, I don't know what to make of them just yet. It's not all all their fault. I am impressed with the way that they've played so far. Um, they have like a better mental toughness to them, NC State does, than they have in past years. They've they've won close games. They've made big plays in key moments, um, offensively and defensively. So um, I'm curious to see how well that kind of translates to the rest of the year because there are questions with their personnel, but like they just keep coming up and making plays when they need to. And Duke has been kind of the opposite of that. So is how, how big a year is it for Doran? I mean, I, I don't, well, for a variety of reasons, I don't think anything would happen after this year anyways. Because right. of COVID. Um, but I think, you know, what they've shown already is certainly, I, I think with the schedule that they have, right. It would be difficult for me to imagine them finish let's say what well, they've got three wins now i mean if they don't finish with at least eight wins i'll be really surprised okay well yeah that's uh, you're putting a lot of pressure on them now then well i'm just i mean you should beat duke who knows about north carolina and miami obviously 
Um, and then you've got Florida State and Liberty at home. You're at Syracuse. You got Georgia Tech at home, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I can tell you from the Florida State perspective, uh, people. I think Florida State fans were kind of counting that as a W. Uh, the NC State game before the season started, then obviously they've seen what their team looks like. Yeah. And now they've also seen what NC State looks like, especially again with that quarterback. I just think he flipped everything. I think he changed the whole, the whole, certainly the whole perception of the team in Tallahassee. But I think he, I think he just changed everything. That kid looks to me like that kid can play and he's not going to shy away in the moment. He's not going to shrink. Um, and I, yeah, maybe eight wins would be a really nice year for them. The caveat here, of course, is that they need to stay relatively healthy. But, you know, I mean, they've had some injuries in the secondary. Lauren, Lauren that's the caveat for all of us. I know. We all got to stay healthy. Well, that's true. Facts. But like <laughs> last, last year, they're, especially there, they didn't have any margin for error last year. They do have more of one this year, but last year they didn't. And just everybody that could not get hurt got hurt last yeah. year. So, and that's, you know, that's, I think that is what we've seen so far is sort of validation of that from Doran's perspective of like, he was saying that all last year and they weren't as bad as the record was, but they were just so injured and beaten up and that didn't help. So, and they've made coordinator changes. I think Tim Beck's done a really good job with that offense. It's, it's made a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who's, uh, who's favorite in that game, Lauren? Uh, state. I'm going to uh, say by eight. <laughs> Four and a half. Golly, I just keep doubling it. No matter what it is, I keep doubling it. I think that was, I, I don't know that the line has moved all that much in that one. Um, Cause it is, it is an interesting spot, certainly for both teams. And like you said, you know, when you talk about a team believing in its quarterback or not, I think this game is a turning point for Duke in that same way. Um, Cause there's a lot of, I had, uh, I had on Kelly Gramlich last week from ACC network. And it's interesting because she's covered Clemson and she pointed out to me, you know, she's like, everybody was so excited about Chase because Chase Bryce, because of everything he did at, you know, against Syracuse. But he's, she's like, I watched him in mop-up duty, and I think he he regressed. Um, so that was interesting for her to say that because he hadn't played all that well for Duke yet. So yeah, no, he hasn't at all. Um, too, way too turnovery. You, you can't yeah, do that. Duke. That's not a good adjective. That's not a good description of a quarterback. Too, no. Too, too, if you're too turnovery, and again, I've seen it a lot in, uh, in the last few years. It's it's bad news, man. It's so deflating. It's just yeah. so deflating when you can't trust your quarterback to make this the right decision. Yeah, and it's really deflating to a defense that's really talented, um, but is just constantly being put in awful positions. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and they're kind of a boomer bust defense, which I think will be interesting to see how Tim Beck can exploit because they, you know, they can make plays. They've got a Duke's got a really good front. Um, they're a little banged up in the secondary, but they, they've got a really good front and, and they're going to be kind of boom or bust and big plays will be there to be made if they can make them. So. All right. Yeah. Well, that'll, that'll be, a, that'll be an interesting one for both fan bases for sure. I'm hoping for NC state, man. I don't want them to uh, have a thud here. I think, yeah. I think it's good. I, it's weird for me to say, but I, I do think it's good when, uh, when NC state is good or at least better than they've been. I think it's good well, for the conference. Of course. And I, I'm excited locally because like, if they manage to win that game and then Ooh, yeah, you got a real one, you know, North Carolina's winning. You got a real humdinger coming up the week after that. Well, we'll get to the North Carolina one. I don't sure. know. Okay. Right. I don't know. So sure. But we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll get your perspective on it, but for, Oh God, we might just skip over this one. Jeez. Virginia wake. No, thank you. At four o'clock. Ugh. Ugh. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's too bad. Bad football teams. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say about that one. I'm going to guess who, who's favored. You don't. You don't have a guess. I was. I was going to say Wake. No. So I know Virginia's favored by six. Two and a half. Okay, great. Pick them. It's a pick them game, guys. Um, yes, I. I yeah. So that's probably like the whole, we think Virginia would probably be like by six at home, maybe would be my guess. But Right, right. Oh, the over under is 60 and a half. No, th- oh, oh, under, oh, under, under, under. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a lot of points. I mean, there's a lot of questions. I, I, the thing with Virginia, I think Brennan Armstrong has that it factor, you know, to him. I do. Um he played well at Clemson. I was impressed. Yeah, I was impressed with Virginia as a whole. Like, you know, they're they're about to make it a game until that cornerback goes all Superman for Clemson and makes that unbelievable pick. Yeah, like that, they, that, they, they were in the game in the third quarter. At, I mean, I know it's not really at Clemson when there's it's socially distanced right. crowd, but still they're in that game. And uh, then that kid, I, I, that was an unbelievable play. That guy's awesome, by the way. Surprise, surprise. Clemson has some good players on defense. But uh, yeah, I was impressed with just their the last two times they played Clemson. I've been impressed with the, how they haven't really completely backed down from that team. Yeah, it, and I, I just think there is a little something about Brandon Armstrong that I like. The problem is um, he does not start games out well. He's one of those types of guys. And I mean, he was real bad against NC State to start, and then he gets knocked out um, with the targeting call on uh, NC State and he then they bring a quarterback out there who wears a fullback number and throws like one too. So obviously what number was he was he wearing uh 36. Was, that's what I, I was gonna say 86, but it was 36, right? 36. I saw the highlights and I'm like, wait, Virginia, what are y'all what is this? What how did this happen? Like it seems I'm like every other year something like that happens with Virginia. I'm not a quarterback guru, but like his throwing motion, I was like, what actually is that that you're doing? Um, right. Well, he's like, look at my number. I'm not supposed to be back here. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand from uh, Caroline Darney, I think they had a guy they thought would be their number two guy and he got hurt in camp. And, and uh, so this guy ends up being the backup and that number two guys play in a different position now, but they may want to rethink that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Wake has looked bad and yeah. real bad. So who knows? And I don't want to watch this at all. No offense. Well, you don't have to. I, I will not be able to because I will be watching NC State Duke. Oh, there you go. So you, at least you have a good excuse. I just will not be. Uh, you know what? My son has a, a baseball game. Yeah, I was going to say you could either do Louisville, Notre Dame, Duke State or Virginia Wake. I do think Duke State will be entertaining. So yeah, I do, too, uh, actually. And Louisville, Notre Dame, I think will be entertaining. Just it, it, it it's not going to end well for Louisville. Right. Right. Uh yeah, like a horror movie. It's fun and doesn't end well for anyone. Um, right. Uh, Carolina, Florida State. Now we're getting to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Max said this week on Monday that this is the most talented team North Carolina has played. You have thoughts on that? Uh, you know, look, <laughs> theoretically, Marvin Wilson is talented. Uh, so is Corey Durden. Asante Samuel actually is talented, is playing well. Um, on offense, Tamari and Terry is talented, although he's not playing this week. He had a knee procedure. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. So that really, really hurts Florida State's chances. Um, okay. 
and and Jordan Travis is a unique kid at quarterback. He's he's something they haven't had in a long time. He's he's actually a decent quarterback um, that can make plays that 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 can change games with with the way he he moves around. Um, and they catered at least against Notre Dame. Well, and against Jacksonville State too, but that's Jacksonville State. They really did a good job of catering the offense to his strengths, which is getting out on the edge. He can you know obviously he can run, um, and he's good throwing on the run. And they they catered it to that. And he did really well. He, he had five straight touchdown drives against Jacksonville State, which people might roll their eyes, but Florida State doesn't have five straight touchdown drives against air since essentially since Jameis left. So for him to do that against a real football team with real players said something. And then again, like I said, against Notre Dame, he had uh, he had four touchdown drives and really should have had a fifth. Um, so he he has changed the offense. The offense does look much, much, much better than what James that what it what looked like with James Blackman. Just night and day. But the defense is abysmal. And uh Why? you can I don't know. I, I they don't have a pass rush, which is never good. And it, it wouldn't have been good in nineteen eighty. It's certainly not good in twenty twenty. If you can't affect the quarterback, which they cannot at all, you're gonna struggle against anybody with a pulse. Like Ian Book had all day. Derek King uh I don't think was set they have they have three sacks, Lauren, in four games. What? Three sacks total. It's funny. I did a uh, I, I, w- I did a story on the the last time North Carolina was ranked this high. Ironically, was 1997. Mac Brown was their coach, and the game they were playing was Florida State. Um, yep. And it was at that time it was like the game of the century for uh, oh. ACC football. I went to it. I did too. Um, and it was a. Uh, I looked up the stats. No, North Carolina finished with 72 yards of total offense. Jeez. Florida State had nine sacks and 15 tackles for loss in that game. Um, it, uh, I mean, they had Andre Wadsworth. They, I looked it up. So Florida State had 15 players off that defense that were drafted, including and three three first rounders. And North Carolina had 12 yeah. guys Woo. that were drafted just off the defense. And four yeah. of those guys were first rounders. You know, Bonnie Holiday, Dre Bly was a second rounder. But those were uh, un- uh, Greg Ellis. They were stacked defenses. But anyway, it ain't going to be like that this year. Like the, that was the last time Mac Brown played Florida State. Yep. He, I, you know, I'm sure he's, it's coach speak, I guess, to an extent. But no, there, there is some individual talent on the team. But the defense as a whole is abysmal. The linebackers aren't any good at all, except for Amari Gaynor. He can play. But the other ones just aren't. And then uh, you can't get a pass rush. Uh and so if you can't get a pat your when your best when your best defensive players are are interior linemen that aren't playing well right now, Marvin Wilson just isn't the same guy for for whatever reason. We don't know why. But literally Sam Howell's gonna have unless they bring six or seven guys, he's right. gonna have all day to throw. And when you when you're playing a, a even a decent quarterback, much less an NFL caliber quarterback, and you give him three, four, five, six seconds to look downfield with those skill position guys. It's going to be, I don't, I don't see how Florida State keeps them under, pick a number, 38, 40 points. I, I just don't see how it happens. Yeah, and the, bad, the, the more bad news for Florida State, of course, is that, you know, North Carolina's offense was just, they were not, they hadn't really clicked yet. Um, they, it just, they couldn't get the downfield game going at all. Um, teams were really keying on, on trying to make sure they don't get anything deep. And they were able to run it well enough. I think they have two really good backs. Um, their running back duo was excellent. Those two guys are just really complimentary and they've done a really good job. Um, and that's been a big reason why they are where they are right now, because there's nothing, you can't really key on any one thing at this point with the pass game going the way it's going, but 
you know, it's that's that's probably bad news for Florida State because, like I said, they were just kind of not quite there yet. They were hadn't really clicked yet on offense, and then all of a sudden against Virginia Tech, they they got it going and and they got healthy on the O line too, which helped a lot. Um, they they had a kid Josh Azudu that had been out as one of their starters on the O line. He came back for that game, and and it made a big difference because that Virginia Tech's front had done some good things and. Uh, they didn't, I mean, Sam Howell did whatever he wanted. The only stops that Virginia Tech had in that game were on third down drops by North Carolina. And (laughs) frankly, that's really kind of the only stops that Florida State had against Notre Dame. And as much as I like Notre Dame's offense, uh, I think North Carolina's is better. Um, And Florida State, I mean, look, Florida State struggled with, you know, Georgia Tech only scored 16 points, but that's because they kept getting kicks blocked and their, their quarterback, their freshman quarterback threw two terrible interceptions. You know, they they had over like 400 yards of offense in that game. And then Miami, everybody, Miami had five possessions in the first half and scored five touchdowns. Then they played Notre Dame and Notre Dame had five touchdowns in the first half. It's an, it's an embarrassing product right now for Florida State on that side of the ball. They did play better in the second half against Notre Dame, but that's all relative. I mean, Notre Dame was had a had a nice, comfortable lead, um, had a couple of drops that 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 stopped drives. And they just don't take anything away. Um, there's, there's, I don't want to go on and on, but it's just really nothing redeeming about it right now uh, about the defense. Um, there is a chance, I guess, that it can click with at least the defensive tackles because that can make a difference. If Marvin Wilson plays like Marvin Wilson, he can make it really hard um, for at least that portion of the offensive line. It could be a long day for them. And Corey yeah. Durden wants to be an NFL player and has had NFL moments. Like he's a, he was really good last year for long stretches and he's been almost invisible so far this year. Uh, I looked it up. So their last, those two guys specifically, Durden and Wilson, they're both defensive tackles in their first three games against FBS teams last year. They combined for 27 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, five sacks and two forced fumbles this year. Total. They have 15 tackles, zero for loss. It, it just it, it, Marvin Wilson's made two impact plays in and we're in the middle of October. And so you just that's not what we thought this defense was going to be. Plus, they don't have Nashville Dean, who is an all ACC caliber player. He's probably yeah. a, 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 you know, a second round pick in the NFL. He's a freak of an athlete at safety. They haven't had him. They probably won't have him. Uh, we don't, have. Yeah. yeah, we don't we don't know. We can't get a feel for it. He like he was at Notre Dame. They took him to the game. But and I I don't know if he tried to warm up and couldn't go. Um, he, he's coming off. He got he had a knee, a really bad knee injury against Florida. And that was, uh, you know, around Thanksgiving of last year. So some of the other kids that had the similar injury have come back much quicker. But, you know, the body's healed differently. And his was apparently a really bad injury. So he's still recovering from that. And you wonder if he's an NFL guy and his team is one and three uh, getting housed. How maybe. Yeah. You know, how 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 much he wants to rush into joining that group. So anyway, if he's not playing, their other safety, Travis J, who they really like a lot, is also hurt. Um, and so oh. they're playing safeties that aren't that aren't either ready or aren't very good. And their linebackers are abysmal. But if their defensive line can at least play like we thought it was going to play, you know, you, you should it, that that should make somewhat of a difference. But Janarius Robinson, who's been there, I think. I think he came in with uh, Jalen Ramsey's class. Like, I feel like he's been around forever. Um, he's not, in, he's just not playing well at all. He's literally, I think on pro football focus, he's the lowest ranked defender on the team. And he's a fifth year senior defensive end that's playing a ton of snaps. Oh. 
And then Josh Kando, who is one of those typical, he was a five-star defensive end recruit, like Jimbo's last real recruiting class, big time parade All-American guy, um, parade All-American. Are those even a thing anymore? Uh, rivals All-American. He's <laughs> Rivals.com All-American. Um, five-star, big time dude. He just, he, he's, he was injured last year. He actually got injured in the Virginia game in uh, last year and just hasn't played well at all. They're not making an impact. They don't get near the quarterback. There are no, like, for instance, Brian Burns's guys that you have to account for guys that come off the edge, the typical Florida state defensive ends. You, we, people think about, they don't have those guys. So the only way they can affect the quarterback really is hope that your defensive tackle gets a push, which hasn't happened much or blitz. And when you blitz, we know what happens that you, you, you leave a space of the field free or you have a guy in coverage that maybe shouldn't be in coverage or and the problem is with a guy like Sam Howell. I just don't know. He's not going to be like, oh, God, here comes a blitz. No. And he's, he's seen it all and he's really good and he trusts his offensive line and he knows his receivers are are good. And um, I just think it's such a bad like the way Florida State played at the end of the Notre Dame game. You felt like, OK, man, maybe that maybe they finally did find something on defense. And then you're like, oh, well, then now they got to play North Carolina. So there, go, there that goes. Like, it would have been a good week to play anybody else. Virginia. They would have been a good week to play a fullback at quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And not Sam Howell. Because, that. Um, so unless, unless, unless there's some strips, uh, you fumble a punt, North Carolina fumbles a punt, there's some drop passes, some penalties, uh, just weird, goofy turnover type things. North Carolina is, I know maybe people listening to this still can't quite grasp it. Maybe they can. It's been long enough now. North Carolina will go up and down the field. Florida State's defense has very little chance to to slow them down. Well, I will say this. Um, North Carolina is, and this is worth keeping an eye on for sure, because they're pretty banged up in the secondary right now, too. They had a guy academically disqualified. That was their starting nickelback. They have a freshman in that role now, and he's hurt. Um, then they have, uh, one of their better corners, Storm Duck. I think they already announced he's, he is out, um, All right. game and he's, he was out in the Virginia Tech game as well. So they had the same situation in the Virginia Tech game too, which explains some of what you saw in yeah. the second half of that game. And, and the fact that, you know, they were getting tired. They were out there, you know, so many plays in a row. So after the onside and. Uh, it was, yeah, it, it, lo- it was looking a little dicey there for a hot minute. And if Hendon Hooker had played the whole game, who knows? But he didn't. So um, I, I, all I'm saying is like North Carolina in its current state, if they don't get some of those guys back, I think Florida State could move the ball. Um, and I think they probably will anyway. But I think especially without some of those guys, it, it, it could be a little tougher. They're, they're, they're really good up front, um, especially if they, I think they want, are trying to get Ray Vahasek back this week at tackle. Um, but I mean, we know Chaz Surratt, we know those guys, Jeremiah Gimmel's played really well. Those guys at linebacker too, like we know who those guys are and they're going to be who they are, um, up front, but really it's the secondary. And that's part of my theory is why defense has been bad. Maybe it's just like, there's no margin for error in the secondary and you can kind of pick on some of the, especially if secondary guys are out, you can pick on some of those guys if they're out for whatever reason, injury, COVID, whatever it is, because Virginia Tech was missing some guys too. Right. And I, and I thought going, going into this game, I, you know, if on Monday, if we would have talked, I, I would have thought Florida State had at least a decent chance to win this game because of what I saw from the offense. And I do think Jordan Travis is a difference maker. Now, he did hurt his hand at the end of the Notre Dame game and came out for the last drive. 
Um, and hands are always tricky. It's his right hand. Um, and so James Blackman had the final drive. And, you know, they said he's practiced all week. He said he feels fine, but he wouldn't say otherwise. He wouldn't be like, yeah, my right hand really hurts. Um, so who knows how how comfortable he is throwing or what his hand situation is. But if he's healthy, um, I, I, I like Florida State's chances to still move the ball. But when you lose to Mari and Terry, that's, big. That, that's, that's, that's the whole thing. Like he had 146 yards. He, he started off the season terribly. Uh, he had some things going on off the field, apparently. And, and his grandmom died the day of the, the Georgia Tech game. Oh. And uh, also he was he was banged up like he, he hurt himself. Uh, now that we know he hurt himself against Georgia Tech, uh, hurt his knee. And then it's been slowed by that for the last month. But still against Notre Dame had nine for 146 and a 50 yard touchdown. And almost had another 50-yard touchdown. Without him, I don't know. Like, none of the other guys on Florida State's roster, the receivers have, I don't know if any of them have a catch longer than 20 yards. So, um, it's going to be it's going to be imperative that one of the other receivers steps up. But not having Tamari and Terry, because he changes everything. He, he is such a big play threat that there's always going to be two guys Maybe not all. It's not. I don't know if you just put two guys on him. He's not always going to be double covered. You're not always going to have safety help over the top, but you're always going to know where he is. And he does change the way you play defense. Well, now that you're not maybe so scared with the other Florida State wide receivers because they don't have another Tamari and Terry, that um, that is going to make it a little easier for the secondary. And maybe you can devote an extra player to the to the box. You can devote an extra player to stopping Jordan Travis in the running game. I think yeah. if they had Tamari and Terry at full strength, you're looking at a race to forty. And I think there was at least a decent chance that Florida, because I believe in this Florida State coaching staff on that side of the ball. I think they would be able to exploit some things and use Travis's legs and his ability to extend plays to to score some points. But that's also when you have a deep play threat and you can get a free, oh, there's a free 80 yards because Tamari just ran by that guy. Well, that's not, they don't have that guy on the roster anymore. So that's what leads me to believe that it's, I just don't think they can keep up. Even if the offense plays well, the defense is so bad that I don't know that they can keep up in North Carolina. I should North Carolina's offense is so good too. It's a bad combination. I, I don't, I don't foresee them keeping up enough to win one of those shootout type games. Unless a receiver comes out at like a Warren Thompson, who was almost kicked off the team twice. He actually was kicked off the team last year under Taggart and then Norvell welcomed him back. And then he had his Twitter spat with Norvell and that whole thing. He is a really talented dude, but he has not stepped up at all. Um, was suspended. It looked like for the Jacksonville state game, never got in. So if he can step up and make plays, then maybe, but yeah, tomorrow and Terry, I mean, that's Florida state doesn't have a ton of great guys on offense anyway, and they just lost their best one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. It's wild that they're in the spot, but I was at the, I was at the 97 game as a fan. I went, I was, I grew up going to North Carolina football games. Um, Really? Yeah. All right. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who was your favorite player growing up? I did love Dre Bly. I Who? really did. Dre Bly. I loved him. Oh, okay. Dre Bly. Okay. Yeah. 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 He was awesome. And I thought their court, I thought Chris Hildorf was hot, you know, okay. as a young, well, that's something. A young girl. Yeah. <laughs> but their offense was always not very good under Mac. I frankly. can't believe their defense was so good though. Like I, I remember them having a good defense and I was listening to Mac Brown's press conference. Uh, man, do these things usually go this long? I feel like I've kept you way longer than I should have. Uh, no, they, not quite this long, but yeah, okay. sorry. I had to add. I had to add my little memory of, of being at that game because I was, I too was very excited at the prospect of what was to come, and I didn't necessarily expect them to win, but I was like, "Hey, this will be a really good game." And it was just, 
They well, couldn't they, do no, they couldn't do anything. But what I was going to say is when I, I was watching Mac Brown's press conference and he was talking about, he was asked about that game I was talking about. And he's like, and our, I think somebody asked him to compare that team to this team. And he's like, look, our defense, he goes, I think we're better on offense. Um, but our defense isn't nearly as good. He goes, that, that defense was the best in the nation. And I'm like, wait, hold on now, Mac. Let's, let's not go crazy. And then I went back and looked at the team and the roster and then the stats. And I'm like, well, by gosh, it was really good. Like I did, I, I knew, I remember the game it was 20 to three. I remember EG green having a crazy diving catch in the end zone. And I knew that North Carolina couldn't move the ball, but I was like, ah, oh, it was kind of an overhyped North Carolina team. No, it wasn't. They went 11 and one. That was their only loss. And their defense was insane. And then yeah. he left for, and then he left for Texas. And then uh, who took over? Was it Torpush? It was. Oh boy. Well, yeah. hey, they're back. They're back though. It only took, it only took 23 years and Mac Brown coming back, but they're back. I mean, and I've offered this clarification before. I, I, this was as a much younger child and yes, I went to UNC, but I, cover all the teams now i know people have trouble believing this i genuinely really don't care who wins or loses these games anymore but as a kid that's what i grew up doing i grew up going to those games because we didn't have the kind of money to get basketball tickets and uh yeah so i i learned what i learned what sports fan futility felt like at a very early age yeah um, it's uh but uh it's cool when those moments happen like i was going to equate it to florida state bat the florida state basketball fans of like I don't know, oh, yeah. 10, 12 years ago where, you know, it was kind of like a, uh, a cult, not a cult, but like cult classics and movies. Like it's a small dedicated fan base. And now obviously it's grown because the program is much better. But uh, I would say North Carolina football is like that. It was probably really neat growing up, going to North Carolina football games like that. And knowing that most of the North Carolina or at least a good portion of North Carolina fans maybe didn't care that much about football. And then all of a sudden college game days there. Yeah. And you have the number five team in the country. And you're like, look at this. This is awesome. And then he went, went to Texas. Yep. Breaking a young Brownlow's heart and making me dislike him irrationally until I grew up into being an adult and right. understand, you know, the ins and outs of all of that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be, are you going to be wearing like your North Carolina sweatshirt on Saturday no. night watching the game? By the no. way, you, I, I'm not saying this just because I'm on your pod. I guess I am. I, I probably wouldn't have texted you this otherwise, but I don't think there's anybody that I know that knows more about ACC football than you do. Oh. So I'm just throwing that out there. It's really like, um, yeah, just basketball too, but especially football. Like it's, uh, I, I wonder how it happened growing up in, that's why I was wondering kind of like in North Carolina, like what drew you to football? Well, we were just going to, the, we always went to the games. I mean, that's the thing. We just, we would, that, those were the games we went to and, you know, seeing something in person play out. And then it was also a way for me to bond with my dad mm -hmm. after a certain age. Cause I, you know, we, I was forced to go to the games when I was little, little, but when I grew up, I started to, you know, sit down with him and watch games and then obviously watch them there and have him tell me what was going on and how to watch the games. And it was a, you know, he watched baseball and golf, but I never got as into those. And that was just something we we bonded over and, and we could watch together. And so, yeah, that was that was really the biggest reason, I think, that I that I got into it. And then obviously, yeah, going to the games and when that team was good, that helped, too. You know, when, when North Carolina got good for a couple of years, that helped me get more interested, because before that, I was like, this team sucks. Why do we keep going to these games? <laughs> right. And then I don't I can't remember quite when the Panthers started. But wouldn't that have, I would assume that yeah. helped all everybody in the state, like yeah. become more in love with football. Yeah. Although I, my dad is from Florida. So I grew, he grew up a Dolphins fan. So, so did I. Um, oh no. 
That's yeah. even worse than being a Carolina football fan. It was. It has had. Oh my god! I still remember dad, my dad yelling at Jimmy Johnson that he was ruining Dan Marino's legacy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I remember watching a Thanksgiving game with my dad and grandpa, the Leon Lett game. That was fun. Um, oh, there you go. That was a that was a big dub for the Dolphins. Yeah, it was really. It was. It was an insanely stupid ending, but very funny. And then we had. Yeah, a good time. I remember the snow game. It was a snow game, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, old Leon Lett. <laughs> It was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how. And then, yeah, I just, I, I think I also apparently enjoy a certain amount of pain when I watch sports. Well, so sure. But I just wanted to say, I, I've, I've always appreciated that being, uh, being one of the media members. And obviously, oh, Florida State is a football school. And sometimes, and I've been doing this now, covering Florida State for 13 years. Uh, sometimes it, in this conference, it it didn't always seem like maybe other media members, and I'm not naming anyone specific, but it didn't see, or even the conference itself. It didn't always seem like football was was that important. Uh, right. It was Florida State, it was Clemson, Virginia Tech. There were a few football schools, but everybody else were, was waiting until you know round ball started. But that's what I've always appreciated about you is that you really care about football in, in ACC football in particular, and uh, you know I think it's grown now. But back, I don't know, to when I first knew of you, whenever Twitter, whenever I got on Twitter, um, you were like one of the few that I thought like really, really cared. You cared more about it than I did. Um, and I was just always uh, really, uh, really impressed by that, that uh, okay. that there were uh, you know people out there that cared about ACC football. Well, thank you. I, yeah, I you're welcome. It, um, I, I enjoy the absurdity of it at times, too. Um, you know, it's 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 fun and, and stupid. It's like an ugly kid that you got to love anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Okay. They're not going to be a model. They might not be an actor, maybe not even the brightest kid, but you love them anyway. They're fun. Uh, and they're lovable. Yes, exactly. Um, well, we have to hit the Boston college for G tech game briefly, but we'll, we'll, oh my God. I feel I, I, it's me. I know I'm really talkative. So I apologize. I've done this to you. Um, I really apologize. If people are still listening, I apologize that it's been this long. <laughs> um, this game is interesting to me because, and the, the you know what? It's interesting. I thought about ranking NC State this week. I considered it. But one of the reasons I didn't was because of the game that they played against Virginia Tech. And I know that's a one-game deal. I know they didn't have Devin Leary for the whole game. But you can't get blown out by a team that's missing 30 players. Yeah. And I had an issue with that. And I know some of the guys were bench players and whatever. I get that. But it still matters for depth. It still matters for the way they were able to practice all week. I, it matters. And, and the thing is, too, that since that game, Virginia Tech has struggled with Duke and then couldn't stop North Carolina at all um, defensively. And their offense still looks really good. I'm still very impressed with the offense, especially with Hinden Hooker back there. I think that is a very different offense with him there. And they're excellent offensively but i just don't know you know if, if you get blown out like that you better hope the team that beats you continues to do well and i don't know that we've seen that and so i'll be really curious to see how virginia tech plays in this game because i think i think higher of boston college than a lot of people do right now i've been really impressed by them so far yeah and again when if you if we want to say that north carolina is the second best team in this league which i think is a fair thing to say um you know boston college was what one play from tying them Yep. Um, and uh, what a crazy ending that was. But uh, th that, I, I, you know, Boston College to me is always kind of an afterthought. Like you just because you've just known forever what they were going to be. They're going to be, you know, seven offensive linemen. 
a 390 pound running back and they're mm-hmm. going to want to hold the ball for 40, 40 minutes. Yep. And then I look uh, like I, like I was, I can't remember if we were even taught if this was on the podcast or we were talking about it beforehand, but I look up in that game thinking that, um, Oh, Boston college hung with, hung with North Carolina. That's awesome. They must've had the ball for 45 minutes and run for 350 yards. No, they, they threw it 60 times. And I think that's, what's so unique about this is that it's such a different kind of Boston college team that we're like, I think they're solid on defense. I think they have a pretty decent defense, but their offense is so unique to what we're used to from Boston college. Um, And I think, uh, I think they're going to give, I mean, I don't know, maybe every offense would give Virginia tech fits, but I think Boston college will give them some, uh, give them some fits. And again, I think the way we have to look at college football, again, I, what is it, a race to 35 probably? Yeah, 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 I think so. And I'm not, I'm not convinced that Virginia, I think he's be, they're better at quarterback with him in there, but I'm, I'm still not convinced that I'm not, I'm not convinced in that offense. I'm not, I'm not a total believer in the Virginia tech offense. Oh, and, uh, and, uh, and I, and I'm der- definitely not a believer in the defense, but it's hard, it's hard to know because how many of their guys were out? For the for yeah. the North Carolina game, and they even the guys that were playing, yeah. how yeah. how long had they been able to practice? Right, I don't so. know, and I I think they get some guys back in the secondary this week, which will help a lot. But they were missing, um, I think three or four starters in the secondary, and that's I mean that's never what you want to see. And it, it, but it should no. it shouldn't have been that bad. That doesn't explain why North Carolina ran it down their throats. But um, you know, it, it's not. And that's what kind of concerns you, right? It's it, you yeah. would have been one thing if Sam Howell just lit you up for 500 yards because you you were playing uh, freshmen and walk-ons in the secondary, but they gashed you in the running game. Yes, um, and that, that's the concern for me for Virginia Tech. I actually do really like their offense because they've got an old, experienced, good offensive line. I love Khalil Herbert, um, and I think I, you know I, I know Justin Fuente wants to ride the hot hand at quarterback. I don't think you can take him and hook her out. I think he is that much better because he's just so much more accurate, I think, than the other two quarterbacks and can also run the ball. So, you know, I, I, I'll be curious to see how they how they play offensively. But So what, you know. what has been the situation at quarterback with them? Has he been going with a rotation? He was not COVID protocoled. He was hurt, I believe, and but he missed a lot of time. And so they were trying to, you know, they, he dressed for Duke, but he was really never going to play. Okay, and then and then he, you know, came to North Carolina. And the expectation I had was that he, I figured he would start, but they decided to start Braxton Burmeister. They get down like twenty-one nothing, and I'm like, Quinte, dude, you got to put him in now. And I thought he would come in. It looked like he was about to. He didn't come in until the third quarter, and that's when they started to turn it around offensively. Right. Um, because, like I said, he he can make bigger plays in the past game. And he is still a running threat. So he fits their offense, in my opinion, by far the best. And, and just watching what he did in that third quarter and fourth quarter against North Carolina, um, because North Carolina started out playing pretty well defensively. And uh, Yeah, but even if you look at the totals that Virginia Tech had, it was like, I think they had like 300 yards of offense, um, which I thought, I, I, I think I did a double take at the box score. And now that I say it, I'm like, maybe I did look at it wrong. Because they had 45 points. And I was like, because, I, you know, I was looking, okay, well, how did they how did they move the ball against North Carolina? Because obviously Florida State's playing North Carolina this week. And it didn't look like they had a ton of yards. So I was wondering, well, how did they get all these points? Yeah, they had a, they did well on yards per play, I think. Uh, I remember that being a pretty solid number. And then, again, in the second half, it was absurd. Like, they yeah. did they did almost whatever they wanted offensively. North Carolina was able to get the key stop or two when it needed to. But it was looking real bad. And then, yeah, they score. Then they have a, an onside kick. 
and that was what did it because North Carolina's defense at that point was like was gassed. It yeah. was it was and when North Carolina got the ball back after that, I was like, they have to score. They're going to lose this game. Um, and, and they it, did. <laughs> but you were wondering for a hot minute, like, ooh, this is not great for them because they the defense literally cannot stay out there anymore. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm intrigued by this game. I think Phil Dracovic has that kind of it factor, the the, the Kitty Pickett ish grittiness to him that I, I enjoy. He's fun. He's got a little. He he has talked trash. He he's, he talked trash about uh about Pittsburgh. He and he's from there. Oh, there you uh, go. See, yeah, don't you like that in players to a point, to an extent? Yeah, he talked trash about them, but then he also talked trash about Boston. He was like, yeah, Boston's cool and all, but Pitts, Pitts, Pittsburgh's the city of champions or something like that. It was something Oh, uh, okay, it. nice. So he's got a sense of humor. He's got a personality. He's got a good personality. He's got some toughness to him. He's really hard to bring down. Mac was saying that after the game, too. Like, they almost had him for sacks a number of times, but he wriggled right out of it, so... Um, it'll be, it's an interesting spot for Virginia tech. It's very, I think this will determine a lot of how I feel. I think about the Hokies, um, moving forward. And what about Fuente? Does it impact how you feel about him at all? If they lose this game, depending on who's out. Yeah. A little bit, because I was really impressed in the first, you know, I, I was even impressed after the North Carolina game to a degree, although I thought they should have put hooker in sooner. If he was okay. Um, but because I thought if you put him in the first half and you're down 21, nothing, you still give yourself a chance, but I thought they waited too long. Um, yeah, I, 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 he's an interesting dude, right? I mean, he never does himself any favors PR wise with his own face or the public. And, um, I think he is a really good offensive mind. Um, and I think he's a, I think he's a pretty good coach, but you know, we'll see. (laughs) I mean, we're we're a year. What are we now? Year four. Three or four, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if it's another kind of middling season, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously he's not on the hot, like you talked about, he's not on the hot seat because of what's going on in this country. They're not going to fire someone after a COVID season, especially if he still wins six or seven games. But um, it hasn't really taken off. Like, I mean, I was so impressed with him, what he did at Memphis. And then even his first year at Virginia Tech, I'm like, man, uh-oh. Like this guy's, this guy has something to him. He's going to turn them back into a juggernaut. Uh, a coastal juggernaut, but a juggernaut nonetheless. And uh, it just, it hasn't materialized. <laughs> I love the coastal. Like yeah. I said, every, everybody's the coastal this year, except Clemson. And it's wonderful to see it. Yeah, um, exactly right. Florida state's a, a honorary member of the coastal this year, although they need to actually win a game or two, or they, they don't even get to be part of that. No, they just need to be, even if they don't win, they can still be there because they need to be like involved in a really absurd game. That makes no sense. Um, and it's coming. It's coming for them. They'll get there. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, get you out. tell everybody where they can find you before I uh, push the stop button. Uh, you can find me at warchant.com. Uh, that's a Florida State, obviously a Florida State site. Um, I'm on Twitter at Corey underscore Clark. I have a podcast called Wake Up Warchant, which is daily. I also have another podcast called Seminole Headlines, which is weekly. I have Corey's greatest hits, uh, which is just me talking about. No, I don't. That's not a real podcast. Um, but but the first two were. And uh, other than that, yeah, you can find me being snarky on Twitter, usually tweeting about the Braves and what a glorious game three that was. 
Um, oh, but hey, what can you do? You can't win them all, Lauren. You can't win them all. But uh, yeah, so I can't believe I kept you for. I thought this was going to be like thirty minutes, and now I feel really bad because I'm so uh, long winded. This is the it's a record, so you have that. You oh have my that. gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm no, so sorry fine. I did this to you. All right, everybody. Until next week. Thank you.